black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? Ooh, it's been rough. It's been rough. I am just getting over a bout of laryngitis, and I feel like, you know, if a broke down hoe was a picture, right, it would be a picture of me sitting in this chair recording right now. That's what it would be. I feel broke down. Um, Thanksgiving was fantastic. We ate out of the restaurant had a good old fashioned time afterwards with uh, dessert and wine at a friend of mine's house in Houston. And then the next day we got on the road to drive across country from Houston to Atlanta, 12 hour drive. I think the drive must've messed me up. I, I really do. Cause then I get back, I end up having like a cough and I'm tired. And then the next day, which is, Sunday, I could barely talk and my throat hurt, right? And I had all this like sh- you know, shortness of breath and I was just con- concerned. Like, do I have a DVT? Do I have a PE? What's going on? Long story short, this diagnosed with meningitis, not meningitis. Oh, Lord, thank you. Jesus for no meningitis. Laryngitis. And um, then the next day I couldn't talk. So y'all, we're recording this late because I'm just getting my voice back today. So it's... It's great to be able to talk fully without coughing constantly, but uh, yeah, it's been, it's been so far a very rough week. Well, I'm glad that you have your voice back, even though literally Nicole is like hacking still, but she feels better. So we're recording, but um, I mean, this speaks to Nicole's dedication to making sure that we deliver great content every week, but y'all. Nicole doesn't look like a broke down hoe, even though that's what she told you. That's not what she looks like. But Nicole is, she's coughing. Poor thing. But Nicole, I have a question. Why did you go to Houston for Thanksgiving? So I went to Houston for Thanksgiving because one, my sister stays there. I wanted to see her, hang out with her. And I didn't want to cook. I wanted to hang out with friends. So we had sort of like a Friendsgiving Thanksgiving. We went to out to eat at True Lux, which is a if you've been to True Lux, you know it's like a really good seafood restaurant. And I think there's like several locations throughout the country, but we obviously went to the one in uh in Houston. There's two of them. I think there's one in the Woodlands, but we went to the Westheimer location, y'all. And it is delicious. So I had shrimp and rack of lamb and all the good things that you have that is not turkey and fixings. So that is why I went to Houston, Janine. Uh-huh. Tell me anything. I heard you say my sister lives in Houston and then I wanted to see some friends. Now I know you saw some friends because of the Instagram, but also 
I'm not going to put your business out there. I'm going to just let this ride until you're ready to share with the people. Okay, we'll talk about my Thanksgiving, okay? Is that better? Does that, feel, does that make you feel better? Yeah, let's talk about you. Because um, the people ain't ready for me yet. The people not ready. 2024, y'all be ready. But right now, you're not ready. So, Janine, what did you do over the last week? <laughs> okay, y'all, can you tell? this? I'm going to answer your question, Nicole. But first, on a Kanye Taylor Swift tip. But first, before I answer your question, I'm going to say, the people are ready for you, Nicole. We just are waiting for you to be ready. That's all Janine is saying. That, and I'm going to leave it at that. We ready, though. We ready. We ready for the expose. For Thanksgiving, we went over to my Aunt Beverly's house. And my Aunt Beverly, she asked me to fix the ribs. I fixed the ribs. And it was, like, great. It was like a, it was like a you know, it's, it's very different getting together with my dad's family because, to be very honest with you, I knew them when I was young. And then I there was, like, a hiatus where we really just, you know, it was mom's family, mom's family, mom's family. And now it's back to dad's family. Because, you know, most, unfortunately, most of mom's family lives further away. And I mean, they're a good old time, right? And, but that's not even the point. So somewhere in the middle of Thanksgiving, Aunt Beverly announced that she will no longer, she and my auntie, Aunt Murphy, she, they decided that they are now retiring from Thanksgiving. She said that we can still host Thanksgiving at her home, but we will now be responsible for the food. So my cousin, Leandria, who is one of the older cousins and myself, we decided that we were going to make new rules. Like we're going to make new rules because the same stuff that our aunts and mother, her mother put up with, we're not going to do. So there are new rules of Thanksgiving. But before we took over the mantle of Thanksgiving, we also said this was, this came from Janine. So I'm not going to say we, I will take full responsibility for this. I said, before next Thanksgiving, the rules are as, as such, right? First of all, if you do not invest in some good life insurance so that we can put you in the ground should the Lord call you home, you will go into the fire and we going to put you in an urn. That's the first rule. There are lots of things that I'm willing to put up with. But what I'm tired of are the cash app, monthly cash app deposits and the GoFundMes. Because we are all in a space where we understand the importance of, matter of fact, Nicole, we're going to do an episode on this, the importance of life insurance. I'm not asking, or just even basic, simple burial insurance. I'm not asking y'all to do anything that is you know, super extravagant. I'm just asking you not put a burden on the family, right? Because the burden still falls on the same four or five people, right? So yeah, we made some rules. And then Leandria, my cousin, love her. Hey girl. She made this rule that we were discussing. And my rule was also, if you haven't met the family by 4th of July, don't come to Christmas or Thanksgiving because that ain't the time to meet us because we're a lot. So you need to meet us at like 4th of July. That's the, that's the last chance. If you're not in by 4th of July, you're not, you're not invited to Christmas or Thanksgiving. That was Janine's rule. And Leandria said, if you don't bring anything, we will happily send you a cash app because our family is large and feeding 20, 30, 40 people is expensive. 
I mean, we had all of the fixings, all of the toppings. I mean, it was just a lot. It was a lot of food, a lot of work. And, you know, we'd be exhausted. Nicole, I got home from my Aunt Beverly's house, who lives about 30 minutes away from me, at 2 o'clock in the morning. It's like a job, right? So I was cool with Leandria's rule, but, you know, the whole family didn't like it. So, you know, we have to have some more meetings. But, yeah, Thanksgiving overall was amazing. But, you know. Rules, rules. Y'all listen to the last episode. There are rules to this. We have to put rules and parameters in place so that everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. That's all Janina's saying. Oh, and then past Thanksgiving. So a lot of weird stuff has been happening, right? Like, you know how you have these weird moments where you're like, what is going on? Well, this morning, I mean, literally today, the day we're recording, my wonderful husband and our producer, Text me a picture of my poor peanut, my baby, a.k.a. my dog, and an x-ray where she's dislocated her shoulder. And now she has to walk around with a brace on. Like, it's just a lot. But I'm grateful because, you know, we're still in the holiday season. And, um, yeah. Oh, and I have some news for everyone. What is said news? Nicole decided after contemplating a driver and an apartment and a bunch of other things, I decided to purchase a house that is closer to my place of employment. So y'all pray for me because now Janine has massive amounts of bills on top of massive amounts of bills. But you know what? I'm grateful because my drive will be shorter once I finish my renovations. And I'm just grateful. Like there's so much to be thankful for and life can be crazy and life can be lifing. But like, I'm grateful. So now I have a cute little place that's not that's about 20 minutes away from my work as opposed to being an hour and 30 minutes away from my work. So I'm just oh, I'm so grateful. I can't wait until the renovations are done and I can move in and it'll be just oh, amazing. Congratulations on the new house, Janine. I think that that is super dope. When I tell you I can't wait, Nicole, every little every little picture that the contractor sends me, I'm like, oh, my God, it's done. One little thing is done. I'm so excited. I just, I can't wait till I move in. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I love this. When are we having the housewarming party? Um, The housewarming isn't going to be until my contractors are finished doing their contracting work. I currently still live in the old house. I don't live in the new house yet because there's like, you know, it's dust and plastic over everything. Like, the house is great. It has great bones, right? And let me be clear. There was nothing that was actually physically wrong with the house. It's all of the work that I'm getting done is aesthetic work. I just didn't like certain things. That's just it. I just, there are certain things I just didn't care for, right? But I will say this, the house was, is only about three or four years old. And yeah, they're just, I just wanted things to look different. So I prioritized getting those things changed before I moved in. And then I need to prioritize making sure that I have like furniture and all that. Yeah, my focus is getting a sofa and a bed, you know, some things that are functional that I actually need. And like curtains, because that's the other thing. The house has a lot of windows, so I need curtains. But like basic things, right? But I, it all needs to get done. And God, please let it get done before December 31st. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I'll be back there in February. so. I don't know. Maybe there'll be like a little housewarming jam then. That'll be exciting. Yes, let's do it. Maybe we have a girls get together at the house. That sounds like fun. Hey, y'all. Hey. Okay, so how have our listeners been doing? I know like 
you know, one of us is broke down. The other one is living the fabulous life. Just bought a new house and living her best life. How y'all doing though? How y'all doing? How was it Thanksgiving? Let us know about it. Um, Nicole, you got to check our inbox because people's Thanksgiving was wild. Do you hear what I tell you? It was wild. Y'all send us, tell us about Thanksgiving. We love the Thanksgiving stories, but y'all, I I don't know. Some of y'all doing two and three Thanksgivings and not inviting half the family. I don't, Lord, y'all. In 2024, so I watched this video earlier, and this is not our timeline. I watched this video earlier about Pharrell. And Pharrell was like, in 2024, we need to come together and collaborate. Y'all, in 2024, we're going to be, we're going to live the soft life in 2024. Everything is going to be collaborative and peaceful and harmonious. Let's let's work on that. And in the meantime, make sure that you like, y'all can say it. Say it with me. Like, rate, subscribe, review, all of the things, the podcast. Okay. I will say I just found out what the soft life was, but I just, you know, that's the new thing. The soft life. One of the soft life. You know, first it was self-care. Now it's a soft life. Okay. Um, whatever. That, okay, y'all. I need the soft life. All right, Janine. So what's on our timeline this week? It's super short. It's super simple. And it's just a post. And the post is of a tweet from little baby Ashley. Now, baby has two Y's. Ashley has two Y's. Y'all want to go find her? L-I-L. Baby, B-A-B-Y-Y, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-Y. Got it? And the tweet is a picture of her in a pink skirt and a cute pink jacket showing off the back of the jacket, right? So the first picture is of her showing the back of the jacket. And the second picture is of her showing the back of the jacket with a man. And it had a very simple caption. And the caption says, my dad made me a letterman for my only fans. And then it had like a crying face, like a happy crying face emoji and a heart emoji. And then it said, real dads love their daughters no matter what. Now, Nicole, I have very strong opinions about, I I don't know if I have strong opinions about the post necessarily, but I have strong opinions about the idea and what's going on here. But I'm not about to share those opinions. Not right now, at least. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to share the opinions of some of the people that were in the comments, right? So real time, there are about 500 comments in this post. Now, this was a tweet that was reposted on Instagram. And so some people said, well, this is ATM underscore Kim. And it says, it's giving, he be paying for a subscription under another name too, with the face like, and then Someone said, not him failing as a father twice. First failure was raising a child that thinks it's okay to sell her body sexually. Second failure was finding out about it and encouraging it. We're doomed. And then a guy posted and he said, I love my daughter to death, but it ain't no way in hell. And then laughing face emoji. Then someone said, I ain't mad that he accepts it, but I am mad that he's effing with it. And then a couple of people said, it's weird, but I bet it means the world to her that he still supports her. And then some people said, what do people want from him to disown her? And so, Nicole, I realized that, you know, this is kind of a, I mean, there are 561 comments, so I'm not about to read all of them. But I really sat here and thought about this thing. And I was like, how would I feel if my grown child was to do something of this nature? And like, I feel... 
and I will say we can blame it on my Pentecostal preacher upbringing. But again, I would feel a kind of way. I don't know. Nicole, what are your thoughts about this? Well, you know, at first I was like, how dare this dad support something like this? Like this child showing off their body, right? Like it's, you know, sort of like demeaning her, right? But then I started to think with all the learn something new facts, well, she getting money and she not in the house. Is that bad? I don't know. I just feel like I would go to extremely great lengths to support Harrison and all he does. But if he were a male stripper, I don't know. I mean, I might be passing out his flyers, Janine. Um, I might do that. Because it's not like he's like actually having intercourse with women. He's an entertainer. And I think that this dad may have looked at her, his daughter like, you know, she's an entertainer. She's not doing anything that people on TV don't do. She's entertaining. People are subscribing to her channel and she's entertaining. And she's respecting her body because she's not literally selling her actual body. She's selling a fantasy of her body. So I don't know. I don't know if I can knock it. I think that if she's able to pay the bills, be out the house and be living independent, independently, I don't know, Janine. I might have to sell, you know, give you a jacket too and some business cards. I'm just saying. Okay. There are a couple of things that I have to say about this, right? So I think that as, as parents of grown children, and again, I don't have chicken or child, so please take this with a grain of salt. Just, I feel like if I was a parent of a grown child, I feel like you can't tell your child what to do. You can make suggestions and hope that the way that you raise them will then permeate through their adulthood, right? However, I think for me, in my mind, from the outside looking in, I would kind of take the position of just because you are accepting of what they're doing because they can, they, you know, they're grown and they can make their own decisions, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to support it, right? Like he can be accepting of it and support her and say like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I am going to support you because you're my child and I love you without making her a letterman jacket to, to promote her only fan page. Right? Like I would want him to want better for his child. But again, they're all aspects of life that do whatever it is that they feel is necessary to make ends meet. Right. Or to be an entertainer. Right. So I'm not going to knock what she's doing. I'm not going to knock a sex worker. I'm not going to knock a, a stripper or anyone who does things around, does things for work around their sexuality. While I personally would not do it, I am, I understand that there are things that people are, you know, people are different. People, you know, if I had a baby to feed and I didn't have a way to make ends meet, I can't say that I wouldn't be a streetwalker, right? Like, I can't say that. I'm not, I'm not pretentious to the point of saying, this is something that I wouldn't do. I should poo-poo it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you want what's best for your child. And I would believe that sex work is not easy, right? Like there's a, a mental component to it. There's a physical component to it. It's probably actually not as easy as most people probably presume it is, right? I don't, I would just want better for my child to not have to work so hard for, you know, to make a living and take care of themselves. But I also want to say something else, Nicole, to what you said. You said if Harrison was a male stripper, you would support him and hand out flyers, right? 
And I literally just had this conversation with one of my dear, dear friends, like one of my closest friends in the world. Right. And I said, you know, raising a boy and raising a girl are two different things. And I think I saw this quote or heard this quote on a movie. I don't remember a television show. And I turned again and I was like, oh, that's a great quote. And it said, a, a key that unlocks every lock is a master key. But a lock that is unlocked by every key is useless. And that's how we have to think about raising a boy versus raising a girl, right? Like, as misogynistic as it may be, as much as it supports the, like, patriarchy, right? We still have to remember that men sleeping with and or doing sex work or whatever it is, being being more, um, sp- I don't want to say spread thin because that sounds bad, but being more promiscuous um, is acceptable, right? In our society. I'm not saying that it's right. Please don't don't confuse what I'm saying. I'm saying in, in society, men being promiscuous is acceptable. Women being promiscuous is just starting to become acceptable. We promote male promiscuity. We do not promote female promiscuity. I'm not saying we should promote either. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying societal norms. So to have a father support, not only accept, but support his daughter essentially selling herself, even if it's on the internet, is a little surprising to me. Now, I'm not knocking it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want my children to do it, but I'm not knocking it. That's their their situation. But we have to acknowledge that societal norm says it's more acceptable for you to hand out flyers for Harrison being a male stripper than it is for him to make a, a letterman jacket for his daughter who is has an OnlyFans page. Like, we have to acknowledge that too, right? And I don't know. Like, I, I feel like maybe... my conviction for this, if it were me personally, is very different than how I feel about it. I feel like people should be able to do what they want as long as it's not harming anybody else, right? And if that's what she wants to do, then by all means. But I don't know that as a parent, I would be able to support it. And I can tell you, I promise you, it's no betting, it's no guessing, it's nothing. If Leo Brunson, aka my father, knew that I was even showing my tail, let alone selling it on OnlyFans, he's not making a Letterman jacket. You know what? He's probably going to make me a body bag. And I'm 40 years old. And he, I promise you, my old school 80 plus year old father would not be okay with it. I just don't, maybe it's, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm officially old. I don't know. But I, I just feel like it's just, it just wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be okay. Well, it's a different time and place, Janine. And I will say that now we're at an age where these millennials, what's the what's the generation after millennials? Zennials, right? No, Zennials are before. Zennials are the That's top like we're you and I are Zennials, then it's millennials, then it's um Gen Z. Yeah, these these Gen Zers and millennials, no knock to them, but we've done episodes about this. They don't stay at jobs and struggle stuff out. They're like, I'm not happy. I'm moving on. Right. And so people have less of a, I don't want to say less of a work ethic because it's not necessarily true, but they're not going to like sit and, you know, grin and just take it right. They're going to move on. 
And so a lot of them are entrepreneurs. And when they're entrepreneurs, sometimes because entrepreneurship sounds exciting, but it's really hard. It's much harder to start your own business than it is to go work for somebody else. Much harder. So if you have somebody that's doing something and they're successful at it, I feel like as a parent, no matter what it is, unless it's something illegal, I would support it. And, and, and I get it. Like, there's no way my mom would be, let me be on a pole or something, or even having only fans. But if that's, if, if otherwise she couldn't help me, if she couldn't give me the boost that I needed or the financial backing that I needed to start my own business, if I didn't have an education and I had to live in a time where prices are extremely inflated, like it should not cost you $10 for a bag of apples. But that's what it costs you now. Gas is expensive. Food is expensive. It costs you $6 to get some eggs. You know, we are living in a really expensive time where kids are living at home. People got to have roommates to afford day-to-day life. And that's people that actually have educations and have decent jobs. They cannot afford to live anymore. And so people are doing things like being very creative and getting on OnlyFans or getting on a pole or doing other things that are a little bit more risque to make ends meet. And I, I just feel like I can't knock that dad for saying, you know what, I can't support you and I don't want you coming your raggedy self back up in this house. Hey, let me get you a jacket so you can be a walking advertisement for yourself. I don't know. I, I get it. It's not the most respectful thing to do, but it's getting the bills paid. And with the inflation that's going on right now, it's a lot. And we don't know what she's doing. I haven't been on this woman's OnlyFans page. She could be showing toenails for all we know. In her drawers, still on toenails, foot fetish. Eat nice on camera. We don't know. But he's supporting her, her artistic talents, okay? Because that's what OnlyFans was created for, right? Artistic uh, talents, showing off art. So I don't know. I just, I feel like in this day and age with inflation being so much, I just, I just wouldn't be so quick to judge because let me tell you, I mean, we work hard for our money and we are stable and you can buy two houses and afford your mortgage. But really think about it, Janine. If the prices weren't astronomical, you wouldn't be like, I need to budget a little bit more. You'd be fine. I wouldn't make what I make and feel like I need a budget. I'd be fine. But houses are ridiculous. Like the cost of my house now versus what I paid when I was in Houston for the, a house the same size, if not smaller, it's ridiculous. Shoot, when OnlyFans came out, shoot, a second I was like, can I blur my face and be up on there? So I definitely can't judge. Mm-mm. Cannot judge. Not you trying to blur your face to be on OnlyFans, but I Listen. agree. I agree, because, Nicole, the, the, the probably the price that you paid for your house in Houston, which had a yard and a garage and it was a single-family home, is probably what I paid for my new little townhouse that I just got. And it's insane so I agree with you but like I don't know it's just and I'm not again I'm not knocking the fact that she's doing it that's not my issue with it 
the, I think that I'm having a difficult time understanding because my daddy and the way my daddy raised me, my daddy would look at me like, girl, I know you done lost your rabbit tail mind. And he would probably say it just like that. Like, what? You don't, you're going to do what? And I think that my father would probably rather give me money than to watch me exploit my body. That's all I'm saying. And again, I'm not knocking it. Do what you want. Because trust and believe, if these bills get too high and the money ain't coming in the way it needs to, let me tell you, there's a lady and her name is Snow. And you can, but she always told me, and this lady was raking in the money, okay? I used to work with her. And she always told me that the oldest profession in the book is sex work. And she said, and it is the most sustaining profession in the book. And I was like, what? She was like, at the end of the day, if all else fails, as long as you can do that, you won't be broke. And I was like, well, I'm not about to do that. But I really think about it. If I had kids and mouths to feed and mortgages to pay and things to do, I mean, who am I to knock what they do, right? And, you know, scoot over and make me an OnlyFans page. I I mean, really, I'm not, probably not going to do that. But like, if, you know, the rubber met the road, I would do it. But I can't, I just can't fathom either my mother or my father, especially my father, being okay with it. And not even just being okay with it, because I think they would support me, but making me a jacket or just anything to promote it, I don't, I can't see them doing that. I just can't see it. Think about it like this, Jenny. If he's living with his child and she paying all the bills, he on disability, right? He can't make ends meet. And what she doing is covering everything. Man, ain't no way I wouldn't buy that jacket. I might buy you a green, you know, your green filter, your little background, backdrop. I'm going to buy you uh, one of those lights. I'm going to buy you everything. I'm going to buy you everything. I'm going to buy you camera equipment. Anything I can afford to buy you, I'm going to help you out because you know why? You paying all the bills. And if you're paying all the bills, guess what? We are the support system behind you. So, you know, some of these people, and, and to me, it's bad enough when your family don't support you and you paying and giving the money. So you might as well support. Shoot, I have family members right now I send money to. Ain't even support, subscribe to the dang old podcast. How sway? You should be listening every week and you should be sharing me with all your friends. But you don't subscribe to neither one of the podcasts? And then you turn around and ask me for money? How, you know, they should be like that guy, that dad buying a jacket. I should have a jacket that say pregnancy pearls on the back of oh, that's deep. No support. I'm just saying. I mean, when you put it like that, I understand. But it's still just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old officially. I don't know. We old, but we got to know. You know, we don't know that situation. You know, we don't know what this woman had paid for but from that OnlyFans page. We have no idea. But like I, I'm giving props to that that dad because you can support and also encourage your child to stack your money and do something else. I, I'm you know you can hey this is temporary we're gonna support you right now but we know the end all be all the end game is to do something else and I and I get that and I wish more parents and more friends would support. So if you listening to this and you a friend and you not supporting you haven't shared us with your other friends. Shame on you. 
especially if you turn around and ask me for some money. You can't even support me trying to get extra coins. And you're going to turn around and ask me for $10. Don't ask me for no $10. Anyway, Johnny, mm. you ready to talk about some of these letters? Let's do it. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, my fiance and I got into a huge fight. His daughter is 22 years old and still lives at home. She doesn't work full time, but she is trying to start her own business doing and selling hair. I can get with that. And I think she's extremely talented. She's actually done my hair a few times and I loved it. But she isn't consistent with keeping client schedules and often cancels at the last minute, which slows down her growth. I'm fine with us supporting his daughter and her dreams, but I don't understand why he drops everything whenever she asks for things. The last straw for me was her asking for a new car. She had a 2016 Honda Accord, but she allowed a friend to drive it and said friend ran into a pole in the parking lot. It didn't total the car, but insurance wouldn't cover the damages because his daughter wasn't the driver. Now, instead of him making her pay for the repairs herself, he went and paid for the front end to be repaired. Then she started saying it wasn't driving the same and that she needed a new car. Lo and behold, yesterday, they came home with a new BMW 4 Series. But why? This is a new 2023 car he put in his name when he knows she can't afford the note. So that means that this is money that will take away from our wedding. And I'm pissed because he didn't even discuss this with me. We are supposed to be married in four months and still have pre-wedding bills to pay off. He's apologetic, but I'm starting to realize that this might be a habit that I might not want to deal with. Ladies, do you think I'm being reasonable? Should I not be concerned about this until we get married? Should I even address this issue any further? Sign Molly. Molly, I'm going to tell you this. This is Janine's personal opinion. It does not, it's not reflective of the network or this show. Well, kind of the show. My personal opinion is this. Clearly, Molly, his priority is that daughter. And if you are going to get married, which you said that you are, you have to be mindful that, that, that his daughter is going to be his priority. No matter what she does, no matter how she acts, no matter how many new cars she wants, no matter how many cars she wrecks, no matter how many cars are not the same, whatever it is that she wants, he seems like he's just going to give it to her. So if you're not okay with that now, you need to have a conversation with him about how this is handled. And depending on how that conversation goes, then you need to make a decision as to whether you want to continue along with this engagement into marriage or not. Let me be very clear with you. When people have a certain relationship with their children and you come in after the fact, it's very, very difficult to change that relationship that they have with their children. So either you're okay with it and you support it and you help it and you help to nurture that relationship or you don't. But if you're not okay with it, Molly, I suggest that you figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to exit stage left from this relationship because that's not going to change. She's clearly a daddy's girl, right? She clearly gets whatever it is that she wants from her father. I'm not mad at it. You know why? Because typically that's how young, young women are. And it allows us to 
to understand that we have safety and support and nurturing, but it also allows us to be a bit reckless sometimes, right? Because we know, like, you know, let me tell you, halfway through my 20s, I was like, you can't tell me nothing because my daddy, it sounds crazy. Yes, I'm aware, but that's the mentality that you have when your your father spoils you, right? Again, what I'm going to tell you is really evaluate this. How bad does it bother you? How bad does the relationship make you feel? Because, and I'm not talking about your relationship with your man. I'm talking about his relationship with his daughter. Is this going to bother you? Is this a deal breaker for you? And if you answer those questions and the answers are yes, this is a deal breaker. You want things to change. I would really reconsider getting married. And not because I don't want you to be in a relationship because, you know, Nicole's about to tell you, you know, stay with the man because I I don't know what she's about to tell you. But typically, Nicole is the one that says stay together, right? What I'm telling you is before you get into this marriage, be mindful that these kinds of things don't often change. And if a father is very close to his daughter and his daughter especially, you might have to deal with that. And if you're not prepared to deal with it, then maybe this isn't the marriage for you. That's all I'm saying. What do you think, Nicole? I have mixed feelings about this one. I mean, one, I do think that we have to realize that people that have children before you get married, many, they're not your children. They're your your husband's children and you're coming in. You have to sort of sit back and just sort of watch and observe. And after you watch and observe, if you don't like what you see, depending on what it is you don't like, you have to have a conversation about this. So I, 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 there's a couple of things that make me a little bit nervous about this marriage. One, you have an adult child that lives at home and it sounds like she's trying to get her act together, but I feel like some boundaries need to be put there as well. What is the plan for this daughter, right? Y'all are about to be married in four months. Is the plan for her to stay in the newlywed home? Is she trying to get out? And if she is, by what time does she need to get out? Did you talk to her about having another job on the side while she's building this side hustle? Because we would all love to be able to build our dream job at home with unlimited support, but that's not realistic. That's not teaching responsibility. So I would want to have a conversation with your fiance first. Hey, what has been the conversation that you've had with her? And then encourage him to have a conversation. It sounds like you're okay with her living at home, but you still need to have the conversation about how can we support her in her goals so that she's not living at home forever because no parent wants their child to be dependent on them forever, right? Because as parents, we know we're not going to be here forever. So we want our children to be independent, but for some people, especially men, they're not thinking that way, right? That's a motherly thing to do is nudge and try to direct men sort of just sit back and let stuff happen. So I do think you need to address that with him and sort of be that, you know, like, what, how can we support her? I mean, I would turn it into how can we support her? Because that's what you're trying to do. You're not just trying to get the child out the house. You're trying to support her maturity and growth. Right. So I, I get that part, but I would want to address that. And that's why I'm sort of like e with this. Okay. The thing that makes me also a little bit like, what has he lost his mind? Is not that he bought her another car, okay? Is that he paid for the repairs and then turned around and bought her another car and didn't talk to you about it. You know, when you're talking about 
y'all are going to try to start something together. I get that y'all are not married yet. And technically speaking, that's him and his finances. And maybe y'all haven't merged those finances yet. But eventually you will merge finances. Even if you have two separate accounts, the amount of money he has left over affects the household and what he can do. It affects what trips you can go on. It affects what kind of gifts he can buy you. It, it affects the amount he can put in a retirement. Those things, even if you have completely separate accounts, does affect the greater household. He might not have looked at it from that standpoint, but he needs to, right? You need to let him know, hey, what you do when you make large purchases like that, it affects us. And now you know she can't afford to pay for it because she's trying to save and build this business. So how are we going to make her responsible for this? Because you you could have just left her with a repaired car and not paying for another car. So y'all need to sit down and have a conversation about how you're going to handle large purchases, not just for your children, just in general. Hey, if we spend over $500, we talk to each other. We spend over $1,000, whatever that limit is, we're going to pick the phone up and make sure the other person's okay with it before we spend it. Or, hey, we're going to put a certain amount in the joint account, and then in our individual accounts, we're going to put X, Y, and Z amount of money, and whatever you choose to do with that money, that's your prerogative. And if that's the case and that covers his car note, great. But don't don't not contribute to the household like you're supposed to. Nobody told you to get an extra bill. That's not a household bill. That's a your bill. So those kind of conversations need to be had because if he does, if you do have separate accounts and his portion of his discretionary fund, if you will, covers that car note, well, really you can't say anything about it, right? So you need to touch and agree on how you're going to have your finances running and when you're going to communicate and when you're not, because finances will ruin a marriage really quickly if you're not on the same page about what you're doing with your money and how you're spending your money and your financial goals. So I would, um, I would say that because I don't know the details of this because if, you know, to his, you know, if it is his daughter, she knows she needs a, she doesn't need a new car, but she need a car repair. But if he want her riding in something a little newer, a little decent, that's his prerogative. As long as y'all have set some boundaries with how you're going to spend your money. So I would want to make that clear. Hey, this affects all of us. So how are we going to do this? You know? Are we are we really not talking to each other now about what we spend? But again, if you say, hey, you put $2,500 in your account, I put $2,500 in my account, and then everything else goes to the joint account. Well, if that car note is less than $2,500, and it fits in his budget, well, then you ain't got nothing to say because everything else just already went to the joint accounts. And he's doing what he needs to do, which is buy his kids stuff at his own discretionary money. So I think just some boundaries need to be put there. So I'm not going to tell you, don't leave your good thing unless you can't communicate. Because if you can't communicate, that's 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 80% of the marriage right there. So if you can't communicate, yeah, move on. That's a red flag. But if this is like a, we already talked about this and he can afford this on his own discretionary fund, or you haven't talked about it, but you can put some boundaries in place going forward, then I think this is salvageable. But we do need to say, what are the boundaries we're going to put forth with the kids, with the budget, with the accounts? All that needs to be clear. Okay, Janine, what does your letter read? Mine says, hi, ladies, I need help. I'm at a moral crossroads. For a bit of a 
Backstory, I'm a mother of four amazing boys. My husband, the father of the oldest three, passed away in 2020. My two-year-old son is by my current boyfriend, John. When I tell you he's a handful, he is an absolute handful. It's like he's an old man in a baby's body. Ladies, my son has absolutely been here before. Granted, his brothers are in high school and grown, so it could have something to do with it. Anyway, here's my dilemma. My son brought a note home from daycare a few weeks back that said he has taken a keen interest in dress up and pretend. I didn't think anything of it until I saw a picture of my son at daycare in the parent portal. And my son was dressed in a Princess Tiana dress with plastic high heels on. I still didn't think much of it until he came home just the other day and asked John and I if he could buy him a fairy dress. John just said, okay, in the moment and dismissed it. Well, now my son is saying that he's really a girl. At two, he's only two years old. I asked him why he thought that he was a girl. He said, because I'm really a girl. You and daddy just treat me like a boy because of my brothers. Ladies, I really need your help. I want to support my son, but I really don't think my two-year-old son should even be thinking about these things. John refuses to even discuss it because he doesn't believe that my baby knows what he's saying. Ladies, should I support my son? And if so, how? And then how can I establish a level of support and hope that he establishes his identity? Or should I just ignore it like John is? Do you think this is just child's folly? Please help, Anne. So, Anne, first of all, calm down, okay? So, most kids don't really identify them as, like, boy, girl, and the reason they're boy, girl, until, like, between ages two and three, okay? So, it could be that your child is around a lot of girls. Girls have super cool toys, and girls are a lot more outspoken. They talk sooner than most boys. Okay, so if he's around a lot of girls that are talkative and are very animated, he may want to be a girl because he sees girls doing cool stuff and he may want to be like them. Boys do not, not even boys, kids that young do not have proper gender identity. So it's not like you have to encourage or support his path to being identified as a, you know, a trans woman. So calm down. It's too early to do that. All kids go through this, like, I want to put my mommy's heels on or I want to wear my mommy's lipstick. Harrison was doing that. He was wanting to put his wear lipstick crying because I wouldn't let him put on makeup. He's four and a half. That's what he was doing last year. Literally this summer, he was telling me he wanted to be a girl because Riley was cool and he wanted to be cool. And so now I'm like, who's the coolest boy in the world? He's like, me, I'm the coolest boy in the world. This is a phase, okay? And I'm not saying that, your child or my child or anybody else's child won't hit post-puberty time and want to identify as another sex. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they won't have 
uh, gender identity issues. I'm not saying that, okay? But what I am saying is that it's too early for you to encourage anything, okay? My child wanted to wear my heels around, still put anybody's shoes on, and wanted to wear lipstick. We got him some chapstick instead. He still wants to play with trucks and do stuff that boys do, okay? So you sit and you watch them interact with different children. You sit and see what they like. But right now at two, everything is sort of gender neutral. You will have kids that play with stuffies and dolls and blocks and all kinds of stuff. Just sit back and watch, okay? You buy the toys, they play with them. This is not an issue with, you know, anything dealing with gender identity at age two. I think that the world that we're in is too hyper-focused on sexual identity, gender identity, and it's just becoming just alarmingly too much all at once at a younger age. And I get that people that have, um, that want to live transgender lifestyles or identify as a transgender person need to be supported. I completely agree with that. And therefore they need early intervention and treatment in order for their genitalia to develop the way they want to, or their features to develop the way they want to, particularly if they are going to be a, a, a trans woman. But we also don't want to, you know, push our kids into thinking something that they're not even ready to think about yet. They're two years old. They just want to play with girl toys. Okay, that's fine. Play with the girl toys. But I'm sure that your child also wants to play with boy toys too. So give it some time and watch how things grow and develop. But we're too, society is too hyper-focused on gender identity. You know, this is not, this is something that naturally can happen. We don't have to force this. Um, You don't have to be alarmed. I'm glad that you sound like you're going to love your child no matter what, because as parents, that's what we need to do. Love and support our children no matter what they want to do. But I think that was too soon. Okay. This is not a gender identity issue. This is somebody that just want a fairy dress. You can decide you want to buy a fairy dress and you tell them that no, you got to play with the fairy dress at school. And if you don't want your child dressing up as anything, tell them, please don't allow my child to dress up as anything at school without my permission. Please don't encourage my child to dress as a girl at school or as a boy. Like, let's not play dress up. So sit back and relax. And I would agree with your husband or boyfriend in that let's just move on at this point. At age two, we're trying to focus on the ABCs. Let's try to focus on that first. We're barely talking in full sentences. He's piecing words together at this point. Let's not jump ahead of ourselves. That's my opinion, and I'm sticking with that. Nicole, I agree with you, and I feel like he's too. Like, the same way that you're not going to spank a child or reprimand a child for doing silly stuff at two, like spilling things on the floor and, you know, coloring on the walls and things like that, like, do you really think he knows what's going on? I really feel like you should just take a, a page out of John's book, your boyfriend. Because, like, 
I don't know that you like at two. Do you even know that you like girls or boys? Like, do you is that even a frame of reference to you? Or at two, are you still mimicking the things that you see? If you and your son are close and he thinks that you're a princess, which he probably does because you're his mom and, you know, parents can't do any wrong at that age. He probably is just mimicking what he sees and he probably is just fascinated by the fact that he sees his mom and he has his dad like that's different. And not for nothing, it's different raising kids in, in today's age, I guess, because I don't have kids. But I'm assuming that it's different raising kids in today's age than when you raised your other three boys. You said they were in high school and grown. Hello. It's a different era. These are, you, are, you got a pandemic, baby, my love. These babies come out different. They've been here before, to your point. So... <sighs> I really think I agree with Nicole. You, I feel like you are probably overreacting and I know it's difficult. I don't have any kids, so I can say all the things that I want to say and know good and well that if I'm wrong, it doesn't really affect me. Right. But raising kids is one of the hardest things that you can do. And, but you can't mess it up for real. I mean, you got to try really hard to mess up your kids, right? Kids are resilient. And I'm not saying that, you know, if he does, if he does identify as a girl, then there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. I'm just saying now at the time that you need to be determining whether he identifies as a girl or not, he's two. He don't know no different. He knows no, he, he is a two year old. And while it seems like he's been here before, he does not understand what he's telling you. It's okay. Let him wear the fairy dress and the princess dress. Let him do it. If that's who he wants to be, allow your child to be who he is now. I, I would personally still refer to him as a little boy just because we haven't gotten that far for him to comprehend the difference yet. But I would personally still refer to him as a little boy. But I feel like you can make your own decisions about this. This is a, a touchy subject, and I have I am not about to say that I have enough knowledge to know about this. But Dr. Plenty over there, a.k.a. Nicole, she has just told you, like, this is normal for children of this age. I, I think you're worried about I think you're worried about something that's not that you don't need to worry about. I just, that's how I feel. It's okay. He'll be fine. If he grows up to be a girl or if he grows up to be a boy, he has two loving parents and that's really the most important part. Okay. Take a deep breath in. You'll be okay. I promise. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new today? Okay, here we go. So a couple things. So I went digging into some like parent child statistics just because, you know, Parenting is hard. That's why I'm doing it, y'all. Like, I got enough hard stuff in my life. I don't need to be a parent. Okay, side note. That was a side note. So according to the Journal for Family Psychology, it found that 74% of moms and 70% of dads reporting having preferential treatment towards one of their children. And there, there was a list there of the things that parents struggle with, which is actually what drew me to the article. And the list of things that parents struggle with with their kids the most, number one is discipline. Number two, are their poor friend choices? Number three, are bad decision-making. So like when your kids make bad decisions, you get you kind of just have to deal with it because it's their decisions to make and you can't live their life for them. But number four is uh, bad decision-making. And number five, which is surprising, is school problems. So at no place is it whether you support your child or you don't support your child. I mean, it might be down the list somewhere, but really it's about are you raising a well-rounded child? 
kids aren't perfect. They're not going to do everything you want them to do. But if you're raising a well-rounded child, all of this stuff will fall into place. I promise. Nicole, what did you learn this week? So I learned that according to a new study by Harris Poll for Bloomberg, about 45% of people ages 18 to 29 are living at the house with their parents. But the pandemic made it even worse. And as of this summer, 52% of young adults are residing with either one or both parents, according to the Pew Research Center. I mean, Janine, so that's why, listen, if OnlyFans is a way to keep you out of my house when you're 24, hey, listen, you get the jacket and the business cards too. Just saying. Not the jacket and the business cards, Nicole. I came with you. I threw the business cards in there for free. Get you one of those, what do you call those, monkey cards? Uh, 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 We're going to get you some good college education so that hopefully, and I'm not saying, look, I'm not knocking OnlyFans. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I don't, I don't know that I would want my child to be on OnlyFans. I, I mean, leave some stuff to the imagination. But like I say, they could be showing off toes. We don't know. You're right. I mean, she could be showing her art. Who knows? Who knows? Right. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. All right, this came from somebody anonymous, and it says, but I love it, your children are the greatest gift life will give you, and their souls the heaviest responsibility it will place in your hands. Take time with them and teach them to have faith in themselves by being a person they can have faith in, a person who listens, a person they can trust without question. When you are old, nothing else you've done will have mattered as much. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.